Well, hey, good morning, LifePoint. We're so glad you've joined us online today. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, I invite you to stand or worship with us in every way you want to because we get to close out the year together worshiping our one true God, Jesus Christ, who is worthy of our praise. I invite you to sing with us right now. Let's praise His name. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that battles all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We'll sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and claim your victory. Let it rise, let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. We cannot survive.
Yes, we do, God. For the Psalms say, great is the Lord, most worthy to be praised. We're declaring that today as we end the year together, that Jesus Christ reigns above it all. His name is above all, as we sing. You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken so great are you Lord it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour Praise our hearts will cry these bones will 
We hope you were encouraged by today's time of worship. And as we move into the message, we're excited to cast some vision for you today, as all six teaching pastors are here, about one of our core values called authentic community. And at the core of authentic community for us is life groups. Each of our life groups are encouraged to serve in one of our Serve the City partnerships throughout the term that they meet. And one of those partners that we have is Stowe Mission, of Central Ohio. We talk about them quite a bit because we're so excited about God and how He is using their ministry in downtown Columbus. Through Stowe, they had over 1,700 gospel engagements just this last quarter. And through those gospel engagements, that might be a prayer request, someone sharing the full gospel with somebody, or even just inviting them to the church that meets at Stowe Mission. If you would like to give your tithes and offerings today to support the work of Stowe, and other initiatives like it. You can do that through lpguest.com, through our app, or on lifepointohio.com. We're glad that you've connected with us again today. Let's move into our message about authentic community. Well, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you had a great Christmas uh, this week and as we're getting ready to head into the new year. And it's kind of an unusual new year, right, for us. I mean, it's year 20. Uh, of LifePoint's existence, and we'll be celebrating that all year. We thought that we would get together really today just to talk about one of our core values, one that really maybe is the most formational in how we structure and strategize uh, and do church together. So the six of us, the teaching pastors at LifePoint are here, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about that kind of in a format that we'll share together. And the reason that we're doing that is because last year we tried to do this at my house with children and that did not go well. We swore that we would never do that. There was a moment last year in the video when one of our teaching pastors was getting ready to make the critical moment. He was looking at the camera and one of our two-year-olds came up and put their hand like this right in front of his face. So we wanted to take some time today and talk about our value of um, authentic community. Um, we've been blessed in so many ways uh, this year. We're 263 people um, went public with their baptism. This made new uh, reality. We have three new teaching pastors who uh, are part of our team this year. And in so many ways, um, God has blessed our church. And that comes down to, in a lot of ways, uh, this value of authentic community, which means we are family. So we're going to talk about that for the next few minutes, and Paul's going to kick us off and read some scripture that for us was really the kind of the starting point 
for this value. Yeah, absolutely. So as Dean said, my name is Paul Pretty. I'm the teaching pastor at the Marion campus. Um, as we think about this, this core value of authentic community, if you have a Bible with you, um, we'll be in Acts chapter 2. I will have the text on the screens for you as well. I we just want to give some biblical background and, and basing for this core value. So uh, Acts 2, starting in verse 42, it says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love that the, the scriptures give us detailed accounts of the early church. And I think sometimes we forget that the, that the Bible is real people, real history, real moments. And so I just I want to imagine for a moment what this would have been like. That morning is, is Pentecost and there's about 50 people in a room. That afternoon, that 50 people has turned to 3,050, and the numbers are growing day by day by day. Now, if you're a church planter, you're like, let's go, <laughs> yeah. right? Mission accomplished, but, but here's the thing. If the goal was to just have a really, really large, large group, yeah, a mission, way to go. Like we, we started the process of fulfilling the Great Commission, right? Jesus said, make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and they've started making disciples here in Jerusalem. But again, the goal was not to have just a really, really big group. The goal was to have a people who are chasing after Jesus because discipleship, following Jesus, is not a moment in time, it is a lifestyle. And I think we see that played out, um, that, that it was, again, more about a complete and total experience of, of following and chasing after Jesus. And I think we see that from what the text says in verse 46. And it says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And so I think we see here in the early church, there is a rhythm of a large group gathering yeah in a small group gathering. Again, you, you gather large, you, you sit under teaching, you, you are shaped through that, and yet it's through the breaking of bread in people's homes that so oftentimes the transformation by the power of the Spirit really takes place. And so practically speaking, um, this was a really helpful strategy when you, when you think about it. Um, not too long after this point, you know, years down the road, eventually persecution against tr Christians breaks out. Uh, the temple in Jerusalem is destroyed. Christians have to scatter. And this really large group then becomes these smaller micro groups in a sense. And what God, only God can do what God can do. He then plants churches through these small groups that then become large groups. It's so fascinating. But this strategy of, of meet large, meet small wasn't just for a strategic uh, you know, purpose, right? Uh, but it was also, I think, what the author of Hebrews says. If you go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 24, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he has, um, excuse me, hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so again, you see this priority later in the New Testament. They're continuing to gather together, and that would have been consistent when meeting large when possible if persecution isn't a thing at that particular area and certainly meeting small. 
And so I think about our, our own church, you know, coming up on 20 years ago when Dean, Troy, and Shane uh, moved to Columbus to plant the ch- this church. It, it starts with a small group of 14 people meeting in a living room. And over the next 20 years, that by the grace of God and only by his power has grown to something like 4,500, 5,000 people meeting each week across six campuses in the greater Columbus area. And it's absolutely stunning. And as we grow large, we have to continue to emphasize this priority to get small so that we can not just have a spiritual moment, but a spiritual lifestyle of chasing after Jesus, trusting him, submitting ourselves to him, both in a large group and a small group setting, and that small group setting we call life groups, and what that looks like walking alongside fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, and I think there's no one verse you can go to that says, hey, every church needs to have life groups, right? Different uh, church communities throughout history have had legitimate ways of getting after this uh, deeper biblical value of community uh, to live out the one another implications of the gospel. There's, you know, you may have been a part of a church where you're doing uh, discipleship groups or you focus on prayer meetings or even just the, the regular Sunday gathering. That The heart of that is the desire to not neglect meeting together, but coming together in community and to be known in community. Uh, and, and I think there's an important distinction here. Like the, the way that you go about uh, life groups or the way we go about these community uh, building ideas is not just a strategy, right? Like th- this reflects the, the ethos of what the church is supposed to be about, where we come together and uh, see the gospel lived out among one another, where we sharpen one another, challenge one another, walk alongside one another. And, and I love that at LifePoint, we, we've made the intentional decision to lean into life groups. Like this is not just one of many things that we do. Like this is the thing that we do. We want you to experience authentic community in life groups here at LifePoint. And for me, you know, I think uh, I, I am an introvert among introverts, right? Like I, I love being by myself and being alone, which, which makes preaching kind of fun because no one's going to talk back to me. Like I can just talk to everybody else. This means you're very uncomfortable right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be around any of you guys. Yeah. Right now. Um, no, but you, you remember that line, the, the old movie, the old movie, Shrek, where he's <laughs> describing, classic. yeah, the classic, he's describing ogres, and he says ogres are like onions. Mm. The Osbournes are like onions, mm. right? Mm. So I, I don't open up. No one in my family opens up. We had a hard time doing that. So the first time I set foot in a, in a uh, it, at my previous church, it was a small group, uh, same idea. I did not want to be there because I like being alone and not having to open myself up mm-hmm. to anybody else because it, it's kind of scary right like you you reveal parts of yourself that maybe maybe you don't want to talk about or or haven't fully processed yourself and the amazing thing that happened after not just week one or week two but in this regular process of coming and being known by other people mm-hmm. man I felt like there were people who uh, actually cared about me mm-hmm. in my group they were the ones who, when Courtney and I went through a really difficult season in our marriage, they were the ones who were the first ones on the phone calling, checking in on us, praying for us, encouraging us while we were just like wrecked internally. They, they were there for us. And this group was just a beautiful picture of the gospel for us uh, as we continued to, to grow uh, and pursue Jesus together in our marriage and in our church. And it is a huge part of where we're at today. Yeah, and I think that's part of why we feel like life groups and authentic community are so important. It's life groups for us, they're not just a place to hang out. 
right? It's not just about friendship. Um, it's not just about uh, having a Bible study and gaining more information. Like we wanna live out all the core values of our church in the context uh, of our group. So if you have unique spiritual gifts, right? We want you to use those gifts in the context of your group as your group serves your community through a local ministry partner. Um, certainly it's great to make friends in your life group. Certainly it's great to study scripture, but we wanna live out all those values and we wanna be challenged, you know, by our first core value, the gospel identity value. It's like we all have the, um, not only the opportunity, but the tendency to put our, our identity in things, right, that are not gospel-centered. Yeah. And so to be challenged in those ways and to then to offer up in transparent, humble ways, hey, this is where I'm coming from, it helps the rest of the group grow and it helps the rest of the group open up and it helps the rest of the group say, okay, what are, what are areas and ways in my life that I'm finding my identity um, in other things? And as we think about engaging the community, as we think about the reaching priority value, we can do that in the context right, of, of our group. And I think that's why for us, um, and it's not that it's a right or wrong, not every church doesn't have to do this, right? Some churches do maybe more programs than we do or more events, it's not right or wrong. We've just said for us, the mobilization of people in the context of groups allows for greater flexibility, much like, a, uh, much like an army in some ways that has units that are able to flank and move and do things um, independently, but in a coordinated way. I think that's what we sense about what God uh, is doing in us. But that said, um, it's a little messy and sometimes it gets kind of tense. And so um, in, our, uh, in our system, if you will, for the way that we do church, it does, it creates this tension at times and we just wanna hit it head on and so, I'm gonna let Matthew hit it head on. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that, Dean. Yeah, and you know, one of those tensions that, that I know we all feel is the uh, tension of, of growth. And uh, growth is a good problem to have, uh, but growth certainly comes with its challenges. And as uh, you know, Paul mentioned earlier, uh, this was a problem the, the ch early church in Acts had, said that God added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as they had all these new converts, all these new believers, they had to figure out, okay, what are we, what are we gonna do with them? How are we gonna connect them to our church? And uh, man, that's the, the question that, that we have to answer. How are we gonna connect new believers, new people to our church, new people to our area? This is one of the fastest growing areas in the country. How are we gonna connect them to our, our church? And the answer that we've come up with is, is life groups. And uh, we have a couple options with that. As we have new members, new people joining our church, uh, we can choose to start groups just from, from scratch, uh, which means going and, and finding and recruiting two new life group leaders, training them, getting a, a core, getting a critical mass, uh, teaching them about how we do life groups in our structure. Um, but that can be a, a slow process, that can be a difficult process. Uh, the easier and better solution is multiplication, uh, where we take current groups, uh, we don't divide them, we don't break them up, uh, we multiply them and we take these healthy groups that then multiply into, into more groups. And uh, right now at LifePoint, Cale gave me uh, the, the number breakdown, um, and we've got about 3,000 people meeting regularly in a life group, which mm -hmm. is about 75% of our, our Sunday morning attendance. And uh, to many of you, that may sound like a, a great number, uh, and, and it is, it's a blessing, but historically, LifePoint has been closer to 90% of our Sunday morning attendance in a life group. Uh, which means right now, in order to get to that 90%, we would have to add 35 more life groups. Mm. Um, and that doesn't even take into account 
the growth that we anticipate over the, the next couple of years. And you see, this isn't just a, a hypothetical thing that we're talking about. I mean, here at LifePoint, especially over the past couple of years, across all six of our campuses, we've experienced tremendous growth. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly looking through um, the, the, the ways, right? How are we going to, to connect um, these, these, these new believers, these new people to our church? And right now, we've got about 100 groups uh, meeting across all of our campuses. And our, our prayer, our heart, is that if each of these 100 groups over the next 12 to 18 months multiplied and we doubled the number of our groups, uh, we would be in a healthy place moving forward as we continue to grow and to, to reach more people. And I'll say with that, you know, you mentioned me giving you some of those numbers. Credit to our, our campus life pastors work really hard across our campuses. They are working hard to keep a pulse, keep their thumb on, hey, how are we doing? How many groups do we have? Looking at those numbers and trying to think out from a big picture how are we going to be healthy, right, in, in the days to come? And, you know, Matthew mentioned multiplication. And <clears throat> I want to acknowledge that, you know, for some of us, we hear this idea of multiplication. And that brings excitement. It's, it's vision. And it's, man, imagine if out of those 100 groups, all of them multiplied in the next year and a half and how that could be amazing. And then others of us, maybe just based on our personality, what we hear is. <laughs> Why um, did you lean towards yeah, the band? Yeah, <laughs> others of us, right? <laughs> Others of us, and I, sometimes myself and that, you, you see the problems. You see the, the tension. You feel the, oh, but what does that mean for my group? And, what, and so I want to just, really, I think all of us want to acknowledge head on. Multiplication, while we think it is good and necessary and biblical, is also hard. Yeah. Um, we have had groups that have come to us at times and said, we've been multiplying almost every term or almost every year. Hmm. We're tired. Can we have a break? Can we take a moment just take, to take a breather? Um, Morgan and I are probably in that camp a little bit where we've looked over the last seven years and realized, oh my goodness, we've multi our group has multiplied, I think, five to six times in the last seven years. And we're thrilled about that in some ways. And then at other times, we kind of look at each other and go, whew, we're, we're a little tired by that. <laughs> there, there are logistical difficulties to multiplication. You're sitting there thinking out, okay, this leader goes here and this co-leader needs to go here and then they need a new co-leader and they need co-leaders to go with these co-leaders and then who's going in these different groups and what does that mean for host homes and what does that mean for the kids that have been a part of the group? It's logistically difficult. It can be relationally difficult. Um, the reality is you don't always see those folks as much as you once did because you don't have that built-in time each week where you're seeing one another. But while I would say, and all of us I think would acknowledge, hey, the, the tension is real, the struggle is real, I think the end result is worth it. Hmm. Yeah. Because what you realize is, guys, if we don't multiply, there are people who are coming down in the pipeline. There are people who are getting saved. There are, I think Dean said, 263 people baptized. Every single one of those folks needs a life group to be a part of. Yeah. Because the baptism's not the finish line, it's the starting line. And hmm. now comes the work yeah. of teaching them yeah, to good. obey everything that Jesus has commanded. So as people join our church, as people get saved, we need healthy groups for them to be a part of. And the reality is a fair number of our groups are kind of at that number where it's like, yeah, we're open to anyone. And oh my goodness, we already have 20 people in our group. And what does that mean? Or we have 15 or 18. And so as we really lean in, I would just say, if, if your group is at that place where you're like, man, for whatever reason, we have not multiplied in some time, or maybe we've never been able to multiply, to really prayerfully consider mm -hmm. Moving towards that multiple, yeah. it doesn't have to be tomorrow, it doesn't have to be next term, 
But over the next 12 to 18 months, prayerfully considering multiplying, Mm -hmm. leaning into that tension. That's part of how we love other brothers and sisters in the body well, is that we give those groups that have been multiplying quickly a break and say, hey, let let us take a turn here. Uh, And I'll just say also, there are, while it's hard, while it's difficult, there are blessings that come with it. Mm. One, we get to live out what Paul says in Philippians, right? Consider others better than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but to the interest of others. And then also, uh, Morgan and I have been able to look back over the years and the different groups and just recognize, man, we got to be a part of that family's life when their kiddo uh, was born. Or we were in that, they were in our life, right? In our life group, when our kiddo was born, they, were, they came to the hospital, right, with us. They, they were praying for us during that season. We got to be a part of that, uh, that life group when this couple, they were brand new to the church. And now they're leading a life group. Yeah. And you get to look back over the groups and look back over the years and say, the Lord has given us an opportunity to be in different people's lives and they in our lives in different seasons. And that's a really beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. That's awesome. good. That's great. And thinking about just for me being in this new season, joining this LifePoint family, uh, I've been leading at the Plain City campus. We haven't met. My name is Lee Renfro. And uh, one of the things I've noticed driving uh, to Plain City is there's a lot of farmland around there. It's so uh, lots of crops, lots of that's going on. And it just made me think of uh, different seasons that farmers have, right? There's, there's planting seasons, which happen in the winter and springtime is, is planting season. Uh, summertime, you're trying to get things ready to grow. And then fall is, is the harvest time, you know? And so in thinking about that, it, it helps me think about even just life groups and how depending upon the season that we are in, um, can help us determine maybe what kind of life group is best for us uh, in the same way that, you know, farmers, the, the season they're in kind of determine what's their course of action as well. And so uh, for our family, uh, you know, we've got young kids. And so a, a family life group makes sense for us to connect with other families so our, our kids can get to know other kids and, and we can be with other people. Uh, whether they're in the same stage of life or have navigated it before us. Uh, but sometimes, you know, a season might work where the men need to be in a life group and the women need to be in a life group. You know, maybe it's, a, it's really hard for your whole family to get under the same roof uh, the same night of the week. You've either got travel sports or things that are going on. Uh, rather than just, you know, dismissing groups altogether, it, it may make sense to do a men's group or a women's group to connect in that time. Uh, maybe you've got students, right? Teenagers being in a student life group, um, your 18 to 25 and 18 to 25 group uh, to, connect, to connect with people. And then we also have bridge groups, which are these short, short-term groups really focused on a topic. And sometimes those can be helpful when you're navigating maybe a difficult season in your life. Uh, maybe you've, you've walked through something hard where you've lost a family member, a spouse, uh, perhaps, you know, your marriage has gone through a difficulty. Uh, maybe just sometimes in, in these um, bridge groups, uh, you can have unique circumstances. You're a blended family. You know, you're a new family that's come together, and uh, it's a little bit unique with that way. Or, or maybe you're like us, and, and you've got a special needs child, and a special needs uh, bridge group could be a place to kind of connect with people in that short term to develop some relationships and also encourage and support one another as you're navigating that. Um, but all the while, no matter what season you're in, I, I know that we've got a life group that can fit in that time. Um, but no matter the season, you're always going to run across difficulties. Uh, it's going to be hard. You're going to be tired. Um, life's going to be busy. You're going to feel overwhelmed and stressed. It, it can always feel like it's just easier to just take this term off or take this year off until things calm down. Um, but the reality is that no matter the season, no matter what's going on in your life, um, God's word has an encouragement for us. Paul writes to the, the church in Galatia. 
And he tells them to not grow weary in doing good, right? Mm-hmm. That if they will uh, keep sowing, that if they will keep um, on, that there is a harvest that they will reap. Yeah. And I just can't help but think of the good that happens from yeah. life group, yeah. right? The good that we have in investing in people, uh, the good that we have in supporting one another, showing up in people's lives, whether it's through hardships or challenges, the good in serving the city yeah. and engaging mm-hmm. with our community, uh, the good in inviting neighbors and friends. There's so much good that happens through us and mm-hmm. in us in the course of these life groups, but it can be easy to give up. But if we'll stay faithful, if we'll stay committed, there's a harvest uh, that'll happen. There's a harvest that we'll get to experience, that we'll get to see, that we'll get to reap. Um, that'll be well worth whatever it costs us uh, to be a part of that. And so if you're tired, if you're weary, um, I, I can relate to that. It's, it can be exhausting uh, mm. in the midst of all that. Uh, but just know there's good news, that there's rest on the other side of it, um, and that there's a great harvest mm. on the other end of it as well. And uh, just thinking about um, this, um, uh, the, the fact that, being committed to this core value of authentic community, being committed to the idea that we're a spiritual family. Um, The reason why we do that is because Jesus is worth it and his mission is worth it. Uh, Jesus talking about um, his kingdom, he describes it uh, like a man who discovered a hidden treasure and went out and discovered it, found it, and sold everything that he had so he could buy the field that it was in and so that he could have it. He gave up everything because he knew that that treasure was worth whatever it cost him. And when I think about when we discover this treasure of authentic community, we discover the treasure of living in this kind of context that um, whatever it costs us to experience that, it's worth it. It's worth it because Jesus is worth it. Uh, and Jesus thinks that you're worth it, that, that we're worth it uh, because he sacrificed his life for us. He, he sacrificed um, his time on this earth to come and to live and to die and to rescue us. Uh, that Jesus ultimately thought you and I were worth this cost mm. by laying down his life for us. And so the way that we respond to that is, is just to live a life declaring that he's worthy uh, for us and our affections as we prioritize these relationships that come in life groups. So, uh, so with that, Dean, I'll let you yeah. close this out. I just think about this year being a year where we get to celebrate, right, that treasure, right, mm-hmm. that, that we have. And so we want to be a people who multiply our lives into others, right, whether that's somebody maybe you're having a God conversation with who doesn't have a relationship uh, with Christ, or maybe that's somebody who does who's going through one of those difficult seasons, one of those difficult, tough moments. So we multiply our lives into other people, and then prayerfully those become smaller groups of people that we call life groups, and those life groups eventually maybe multiply themselves into other congregations in different uh, geographies. So um, we hope that next Sunday um, you will gather with us as we start a brand new series called Broken Mirrors as we begin year 20 as we're ready to get after it for the sake of the gospel and kingdom realities in our locales up here on the north side uh, of Columbus where we live, work, and play. God has given us uh, a great opportunity not only to celebrate this year but to be sitting maybe in a similar place um, by God's goodness and grace, maybe next year, and we will see, uh, look back and see the harvest. We'll look back and see the fruit, uh, the ways that God has uh, borne that gospel sense of fruit in our own lives, personally, in our groups, and, uh, and then in our church. So we are grateful for you. We're grateful that you're with us uh, here in the mission and grateful that you've taken time, certainly, to be with us today. So I'm gonna pray uh, to close us out. Father, uh, thank you for the opportunity um, in what feels a little bit to me, God, like a New Testament sense uh, to gather in larger groups, to gather in smaller groups, to live out the core values, to be disciples, to be family um, to one another. And Lord, uh, we pray over this next coming year 
that we will be a people committed to our vision of drawing life from you, pointing others uh, to you, such that, God, we will have this sense that our lives have meaning, value, and purpose because they're connected to you, that, that we will have this sense that we're doing exactly what you want us to do, and in the context of that, God, that you will also uh, be glorified and pleased, that our lives, God, lived out with you are not out of obligation, not out of a sense of duty. It's not a have to, it's a get to, it's a want to. Um, thank you for giving your life uh, for ours. We look forward to the coming year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. you
Nothing is a sacrifice Use me how you want to, God Have your throne within my heart Sing I hear, I hear you It was great.